In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one, you can't have none, you can't have one without the other. Da 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 da. Anyway. When Frank Sinatra debuted that song, it was actually for a television version of the play, Our Town. But many of us know this song, not only because it was on the radio, but from hearing it in that ridiculous sitcom from the 90s, Married with Children. (laughs) The lyrics of this song offer an idealized and quintessentially modern understanding of marriage and life together. Specifically, what two people have together that begins in love and then progresses to marriage, as in the famous playground rhyme, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Sally pushing the baby carriage. It's a certain worldview, one that many Americans have held for at least the past 200 years. But this idea This idea of marriage is not life in Jesus' world at all. To interpret today's gospel in our own culture without understanding Jesus' culture would be a mistake. And it could result in preaching something quite erroneous and harmful. Considering the fact that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, We need to take seriously that this gospel does not intend to keep anyone in a situation of harm, coercion, abuse, and negligence. Actually, the intention is quite the opposite. Jesus is trying to make it very clear to all of us that we belong to one another. Let's take a step out of this particular reading, but stay still in the context of Mark's gospel. Remembering how a few weeks ago we heard stories of Jesus calling his disciples. He would identify people and then invite them to follow him. And as Mark would describe it every time, they would immediately follow him. They would leave everything and follow him. Other Gospels have other vignettes later, having the disciples complaining that they have left everything behind to follow Jesus, and now what? Some preachers today argue that the disciples cut off all ties from their families to follow Jesus, but today's reading might make us question that assertion. If anything today... Jesus is re-emphasizing the need to be in relationship with one another, to take care of one another, to look out for the welfare of everyone, of all people, of all women and all children, and everyone everywhere. Think about it. It would be absolutely the antithesis of everything we know about the kingdom of God for Jesus to have told his followers that they needed to sever ties with the people who loved them the most. That would have been utterly anathema, contrary to everything that Jesus is teaching. 
Okay, back to what I was saying earlier. When Jesus is talking about marriage and divorce in this reading, he's talking about it in the way he understands his culture and what happened at that time in his time and in his society. Jewish marriages were arranged for practically everyone. For economic reasons, everyone was married off to someone else. Romantic love is an idea that actually mostly emerged in the early part of the late part of the 17th and early part of the 18th centuries. And so romantic love at this point in the context of marriage was not really part of the conversation. The survival of the Jewish people was what was most important. According to noted scholar and Jewish author Chaim Shaus, marriage rituals developed in Jewish culture over time. And as marriage was a necessary element to the survival of the Jewish people, it was permissible at times, but not always practiced and not always common everywhere. But it was sometimes permissible for men to take more than one wife. Yes, shocking to our ears. And these practices weren't completely banned by Judaism, at least not in writing, until the 10th century AD or so. Marriage in the ancient world was survival. Marriage was necessary to propagate a certain culture and way of life, and it was utterly vital for Jewish civilization. And it was very, very, very different than the way we see marriage today. And so divorce, by the time Jesus is on the scene preaching and teaching, it's allowed in Jewish law. Oh, but there's a catch. The original marriage agreement in Judaism, which was this arrangement between parents called a ketubah, would have required a husband, should he wish to divorce his wife, to pay a divorce penalty. Now, this is something that was considered a humane act. In all practicality, it was humane. But the reality of the first century, in the first century occupied Palestine, the area where Jesus lived, was that the rules of the ketubah weren't always practiced. So if a woman was divorced, she was alienated from family, she was cast into a state of societal disgrace. She's cut off from any reliable source of income and economic well-being. A divorced woman in the first century would essentially be banished, cast off, all ties to status severed. And the divorced person would have to try to find some way to scrape by and survive. This is what Jesus is so adamantly preaching against. In a society where women did not have the same rights as men, this hideous invention of divorce left women in utter ruin, cast away, thrown out of life. Jesus completely and utterly rejects this. Jesus' stance that he's teaching today is not about being overly rigid. It's about finding ways to give people life. It's about the importance of realizing that we're all connected to one another. 
the importance about welcoming the most vulnerable people that we can find into the life of the community, into the life of living in the kingdom of God, whether that person be a small child or someone who has no friends or someone who has lost all of their family or someone who has no family or someone who has been marginalized for one reason or another. We are called because Jesus is calling his disciples to be supportive to be there for one another. The kingdom of God is something that is far more expansive than our everyday, where people in the kingdom of God are far more united in love than we are normally. Jesus is calling us to change, to change our ways so that we take care of people around us who are being left behind in this world to call us to imagine a new reality of life with God and with one another that's just a little more perfect, a little more beautiful, a little bit more blessed than we have today, something better. In the words of the medieval mystic Hildegard of Bingen, we are called to breathe deeply from a perspective of spaciousness and anticipation to see a world as one that is full of holy surprises and divine unfolding, to see a world as one full of holy surprises and divine unfolding. Being here as a family, as a community at Trinity, is our window to encountering this perspective of spaciousness and anticipation. Being here at Trinity is one where we're invited to see holy surprises and seeing God revealing new things to us about our life, about our families, about our communities, about our world. Being here is where we practice this type of expansive inclusion, where we practice this expansive welcome, where we practice this blessing, that we bless others as God has blessed us. I want you to see this reading today as something like a practical invitation for us to unite. So considering this reading as an invitation to reach out, to unite, to reach out to those whom we know, but we haven't seen for a while, people that we know from our community here at Trinity who have been separated us because of this pandemic, separated from us because of this pandemic. Now, I realize that sometimes some of you might feel that this is a little bit forward, but I encourage you, if there is someone around that we have not seen in a while that you know, please reach out to them and check in on them and see how they're doing. See, today's reading Today's reading, this example that Jesus shows after he has this whole teaching on marriage and divorce, he then shows us this example, of, and it shows us Jesus blessing these children, these small children. And it shows Jesus blessing the children, and it's an invitation to us to use our holy imagination that God has placed inside of each of us to reach out and to bless others, other adults, other friends, And yes, children too. In what he says today, Jesus is seeking to unite 
all peoples of the world and the entire world to God and God's heart, to gather the world closer to God's heart. And it is in that specific mindset that we ourselves are being called to be gatherers, to be uniters, unifiers, that we are called to be the blessers then now out in the world. In this really unusual time that we're living in, and let's face it, we're living in a very unusual time, at least for all of our collective experience. It's an unusual time of straddling this pandemic and finding our way in a world that doesn't make sense. But there's possibility in all that we're doing right now. In this time that we live in, there's a great possibility to rebuild our society in a new way. And to see ourselves, ourselves as the people of Trinity, to see Trinity in our centennial year as a cathedral that seeks to be illuminating, inspiring, and transformational for the next hundred years and beyond, I invite you to really take today's gospel seriously. You're the agents of Jesus. You're the healers of the world. You have now tiptoed into the kingdom of God, and now Jesus needs to let, to, Jesus is inviting you to let yourselves be carried by God's grace, to let yourself be carried into this divine work that you bring your best talents and your best skills and your best heart and the best that you have. Today is the day to tap deep into God's divine presence that is within you, and to breathe deeply so that you can engage the world, to see the world as full of holy surprises and divine unfolding, so that you can be filled with God's grace and to springboard all of this grace then out into a life of blessing and blessing others. Jesus needs your full attention and presence to reach out and to unite and to bless others. Today, Jesus isn't being rigid about rule enforcement. He's not really jumping on our modern bandwagon of love and marriage in the way that we think about it in our modern time. But more like, he's proclaiming a new reign of unlimited grace and blessing. Grace and blessing. That's what he's aiming for, grace and blessing for everyone grace and blessing, and he's telling us, and he's telling us this more inclusive, this more expansive, this more blessed kingdom of God awaits you and awaits me. So this week, let's start first by checking in those who are separated from us, those whom we haven't seen. Check in, and then from there, go out discover. Ride the wave of God's unlimited grace, that grace that's deep within your heart, and bless others, and see the power of the divine unfolding in front of you in everything that you do. Grace and blessing. That's what we're called to live into. Grace and blessing.